When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. What's up? I am in Georgia. Yeah, how's uh, how's uh, Savannah? Savannah is interesting. Um did you see my I posted on Instagram what my Airbnb is like? Have you did you see no, it? No. I it kept um I didn't have service, so it kept like freezing. I was trying to watch it. I'm going to need you to look at <laughs> Oh my god. Mich- why Michigan State? I have. I mean, they pr- presumably went to Michigan State, but for the listeners That's who didn't so see funny. what I just showed you on Zoom, the entire room is decked out in Michigan State Spartans That's so merch, funny. <laughs> um, including a stained glass lamp. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't <laughs> see that the first time around. That's so funny. Yeah, that's a real and dude so- headboard. It is, yeah, it is all very dude, but I don't think it's a dude that runs it but Mm. it is in a a family home okay and I sort of like while recording this I sort of feel like mommy and daddy are like listening you know like I'm like we have to keep it down if we're gonna talk oh so there are other people there you're just renting a room yeah but in their family home which yeah yeah yeah. exactly what I realized when I booked it but I don't care it's fine yeah Um, it's just the night yeah just for tonight um Yeah, I'm on my tour presently. When this comes out, I will be, I will have two dates left on my tour. Um, So when this comes out, if you're listening and you live in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, I'm headlining The Sparrow on Saturday, um, the 6th at... I think 8 p.m. or something. Mm -hmm. And then if you're in D.C., I'm going to be on a show at the Comedy Underground on Sunday. And that'll be the end of my tour. Um, And right now, I don't have any shows in Savannah. I just, everyone kept telling me I had to come to Savannah. I had to see it. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Savannah. I'm envious that you're there. That's why I'm here. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I've I've heard. I've read about it. It looks gorgeous. lives up to the hype. Cute. Yeah, I'm like, should I do some ghost stuff tonight? Yes, because do that's a ghost like tour. What it's known for. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I might. Yeah. It's either that or go on like a Tinder date with a random gay person because this is also a very gay city. You could do that too. You could do both. Maybe you could go the Tinder on a date. date should, it, yes. Okay, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Mistakes. How was your Halloween weekend? My Halloween weekend was amazing. I really turned it the fuck out. Um, I've never done a proper Halloween weekend. When I lived here in college, I know I like went out one night for Halloween, but it was like a very sad night. I tried to go to a sex, a gay sex party in the East Village with my fake ID. The dorm guy wouldn't let me in and then like gave me a lecture on why I should be hanging out with people my age. And I think I went like back to my dorm room and like fell asleep. So this was my first real Halloween weekend. It lived up to the hype. I went to my first unter. 
Um, I okay. went to I went to a portion of one of my first ever twenty four hour parties at Nowadays. Um, Ooh, wh- which, which portion? Um, let's see. We got there at twelve p.m. So the last half of it. So like twelve p.m. to whenever it. I think it stopped at like four, three, three p.m. Okay. And then the outdoor was open because it was the last Mister Sunday of the season, which I've never been mm. to a Mister Sunday. So I stayed I stayed at nowadays from 12 to 6 and let's see I was out from I got to work at 9:30 on Saturday night so I was out from 9:30 p.m. Saturday night to 6 p.m. Sunday word oh I love that I love that you had a, a proper nowadays experience when beautiful. this episode is kind of about nowadays yeah it was uh beautiful I um I did sell <laughs> Oh, sell yeah. a coat at nowadays Wait, is that your mistake this week no because it wasn't okay. a mistake because then I ended up at like it worked out because I made money and it wasn't it was a coat that was given to me by Elisa like it was in a pile okay. of clothes that she put on my bed and mm-hmm. I was like this is cute but like I'm not obsessed with it and then I was wearing it in a k-hole like in a K-hole and was coming out of the K-hole as like one of my mutuals on Twitter, this like really cool trans girl Lana approached me and was like, we know each other like via the internet. And uh-huh. I was like, I was like, I know that you're right, but I have no idea who you are because I'm in a K-hole. And she was like, it's cool. Like I'm in a K-hole too. And I was like, cool. Let's like, and then she was like, do you want to go outside and do more K? And I was like, for sure. So as we were walking outside, this employee just came up to me and was like, I love your coat. And I was like, thanks. I was like, uh, and and she was like, where did you get or they were like, where did you get it? And I was like, oh, like I got it for free, actually. Um, and I was like, but I don't need it. Like I have so many like coats and jackets. And they were like, can I have it? And I was like, you can buy it. <laughs> um, and they were like, how much? And I was like, 40 bucks. Um, oh my god! And they were like, "I'll be this. you're a business girl <laughs> boss on K on K." And they were like, "I'll be right back. I'm running up to the office." And I was like, "Okay." And so I wait around for like ten minutes, and I forget that that just happened. And then they come back with a wad of cash in their hand, and they're like, "For your coat." And I like take off the coat, and I'm like, "There you go." But I'm wearing a tank top and like a oh long skirt, and so I walk outside with a with forty dollars clutched between my nails. And no coat. <laughs> and all of our friends are like, where's your coat? And I was like, I think I just sold it. And they were like, you think you just sold it? And I was like, yeah, I don't really know what just happened, but I don't have a coat anymore. And now I have $40 in my hand. Um, and they were like, you're a capitalist queen. <laughs> like, you just sold your coat on ketamine at the end of like a day of raving. Um, Truly. Yeah. So I, I sold it. And then I was like, for the rest of the, so I stayed for like three more hours. And somebody was like, just take my coat because I don't need my coat. And it's hilarious that you sold your coat. Um, but for the rest of the time, me and one of our friends just kept like breaking out into laughter every time we remembered that I had sold my coat in a K hole <laughs> for $40. <laughs> What'd you do with the $40? Um, I used it to buy a pair of really comfortable, like, good club shoes that I wore mm. on set yesterday. Oh, God bless. So I think I was just on a high from charging people at my um, job working the door to leave their coats with me. I was on, yeah. like, a little, like, business girl kick. 
Yeah, um, you were like, now I know how easy it is to ask for money in exchange for goods and services. But of course, queer people always give you more. There were like a gaggle of straight girls who kept coming up to me at the door and being like on Saturday night being like, can you like, do you have a coat check? And I was like, nope. And they were like, will you watch our coats for us? And I was like, not for free. And they were like, okay, how much? It was two girls. And they were like, how much? And I was like, 20 bucks, like for the two of you, 20 bucks. And they were like, really $20. And I was like, yeah, $20. And they were like, that's crazy. (laughs) And I was like, okay. I was like, well, you can risk your coat getting stolen then. Like, bye. Um, And so I, then I started charging $5. um, And so I made like 15 bucks from coats. But then the whole time I was like, if this were like, if this were more of a queer crowd, queer people wouldn't even ask if they could leave it there for free. They would offer to pay. Right. Um, So, yeah, 20, I was like, $20 is not a lot for the risk of your coat going missing while I'm behind here. So, (laughs) yeah. Especially if there's no coat check. Yeah, me and the bouncers were just extorting people all night, which I loved. Yeah, that's what that's what working the door is. Yeah, it was really fun. It's extortion. I felt, yeah, I felt like I was like working with my like fun uncles all night. <laughs> Ugh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. I love being a door girl. <laughs> the owner was like very seemed to be very impressed by my energy. I was like, I love that. Kept like nodding his head and smiling really big at how many people I was getting through the door in such a short amount of time. Okay. I was like, that. yeah, I'm a delegator. I love to delegate. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I missed it. It's okay. It is very um, April in Parks and Rec saying, I missed a gay Halloween party for this. That's how I felt <laughs> <laughs> being on the road for Halloween. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it is okay that you missed it. There will be more. I'm sure I'll be working the door again. Um, I've been converted yeah, I have a whole new appreciation now. I like never really. Yeah. I have an appreciation now. I never appreciated people who work the door because I did not understand the amount of energy and concentration that goes into it, especially when you're allowed to drink at work. Yeah, like I didn't start <laughs> drinking until towards the very end of my shift. But like friends and my manager and the owner all kept coming up to me and being like, "Do you want a drink?" And I was like, "Yeah, you can get me like a soda." And then yeah. around like midnight. I was like, okay, our friend Tyler came up to me and was like, what can I get you? And I was like, oh, I don't, a Coke. And he was like, you're, you're sure you just want a Coke? And I was like, okay, fine, a tequila soda. Um, <laughs> and so I drank one and a half tequila sodas and then felt a little bit of a buzz. And I was like, okay, time to start drinking soda again. I'm not trying to be buzzed. Yeah. Working the door on Halloween, like, you know, Saturday on Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. Um, yeah, every time I've ever worked the door for anything, I am usually like pretty blackout by the end of the night, but I've never fucked it up. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't fuck it up. I just got them to, um, I got them to close the door early, which was, I didn't know it was like up to me, which was really funny. Like I asked the bouncer, I was like, Hey, like what time are we keeping the door open until? And he was like, whenever you want to go, that's when we stop letting people in. And I was like, what? yeah, I was like, Oh, Okay, so let's close up at 2.30 <laughs> so I can get to enter for four. And they were like, yeah, we like don't like it's truly whatever you want. We don't care. And I was like, sick. Oh my God, Wh- iconic. Yeah, which was sick because we already we had close to I would say there was close to a thousand people by the end of the night that had come in and out of um, that party. I had a clicker that I was clicking people in for and I was only clicking you in if you were 
buying a ticket at the door and I clicked in like 570 people and then we sold a hundred we sold 130 presale tickets and then we had about 50 people that were list people and so yeah close to like 800 people wow yeah that's crazy congrats to all involved I love our little I love our friends I love our little empire same it was sick (laughs) yeah shout out to um, Dirty Disco and yes. Diet Zhuzh and Babes the DJ. Yes, I think don't don't quote me on it, but I think the next Diet Zhuzh is like December twelfth. I know it's next um, month. Wait, isn't? And yeah, I think that yeah, the next Diet Zhuzh at the Woods is sometime in December, but then the next Dirty Disco is November twentieth. Yes. Speaking Both of are Babes the DJ, yes. our friend Jason. Speaking of queer nightlife. Um, Mm -hmm. we should make a call to anyone who either lives in New York and has the money to donate or just loves queer nightlife and doesn't live here, but wants to donate to good room. Um, yes, please donate to good room. If you enjoy hearing our little stories about us being psychotic, messy bitches (laughs) in the nightlife scene in New York city, um, support the cause and buy buy tickets, buy drinks, donate to Good Room. They have a bunch of parties this weekend. There's always parties. Uh, they currently came out today and said they have about three months left before they need to raise, I think it's half a million. It's like oh a pretty God. considerable amount. They they got fucked out of a $100,000 like grant that they were supposed to get um, because they owe 18 months of back rent on the venue mm. from COVID. Um, and they truly throw the most amazing parties and they have been around for what seven. Yeah. Their seven year anniversary is this Saturday, this Friday, um, which is like a long time, sad to say for venues in New York to even be around shit closes up and opens so easily. Especially venues that like are home to queer nightlife specifically. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, very, very like legendary history to this place from what I have gleaned, from the people who have been there since they opened, who kind of helped yeah. open or didn't kind of did help open the space. Um, shout out to Carrie Nation. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's totally doable with all of the people that go that we can help raise like a chunk of this money. So totally. go to their Instagram page, donate, buy tickets, buy drinks at the bar, et cetera, it's et cetera. At Good Room BK, right? Yes. On Instagram. Yeah. Yep. Um, shall we segment? Let's segment. Let's do it. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. Okay, so this weekend, this past weekend, I was, I'm, you know, I called this tour the separation anxiety tour because it's my first time being apart from our group of friends since (laughs) basically a year ago on Halloween, like Mm -hmm. literally the anniversary of me being like inseparable from this crew. Um, and you and I being inseparable because the last time we spent, I mean, we spent some time apart when you were in Rhode Island this summer, mm-hmm. I guess. But before that, the last time we spent like any significant time apart was a year ago, right before Halloween when I was yeah. in Vermont still. Yeah. Um, and when you were in Rhode Island this summer, I was still with our other friends. So like even when you and I have been separated, I just listen, I'm not that I'm not like actually having separation anxiety but it is an adjustment to like go over a week (laughs) without the crew for sure um and I'm very proud of myself for how I've like kind of 
made the most of this time um, because, yeah, the pandemic really taught me like how important community and chosen family really is. And um, I was kind of dreading. I was excited about this tour, but I was like dreading that aspect of it. I was dreading the like being alone and or around other people and like not with any of you. Yeah. So my um, keepsake is definitely the beginning of this tour. I was at um, Fest in Gainesville, Florida. For those who aren't familiar, it's um, a, I think like 20 year running um, annual punk festival, punk music festival. And I am one of the people that um, for the last few years has been on the comedy lineup. I think primarily because of my association with the hard times, um, which is like a punk, the onion essentially mm-hmm. that I used to write for. Um, Cause I'm not a punk, you know, I got, I have kooky colored hair, but at this <laughs> point I'm an uns, uns girl and a pop music girl at, at my core, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was at fest and um, I went in with like goals to um, like try to, make the most of it and not experience too much FOMO of like what my friends were doing in New York. Um, and try to like get back in touch with the part of me that used to listen to like angsty punk music and like enjoy, um, my access to all these like amazing punk bands, even though that's Mm -hmm. not really the music I listen to anymore. Um, so my keepsake is definitely the, um, like friendships and relationships that, both old and new that I like immersed myself in at fest. Um, specifically, um, the last night, which was Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, I like made <laughs> the, fe- the festival goes from Friday through Sunday and Halloween was on Sunday. Um, so I like made a deal with myself that I was going to like support the bands that I liked and support my friends' bands, most of which that's a that's a circular Venn diagram for the most part. But I was gonna like enjoy fest and like do my comedy sets and like pass out best mistakes stickers and like mm-hmm. make this a business trip. And as a treat to myself on the last night, I'm gonna ditch this festival and go to the gay bar in Gainesville and have mm-hmm. a Halloween um have a little Halloween dance I was trying to, hold to your myself. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. I was trying to hold Elisa's hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I like made this plan known and a few of my um, punk comedy friends were like, oh, well, if you're going to go do that, we're going to come with you. And I was like, wait, really? You guys will like ditch the last night of this festival to come dancing at the gay bar in Gainesville with me? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, like you, you just like... Uh, <laughs> you were just a champ, like dealing with our culture. Like, let's immerse ourselves in yours. And I was like, okay, besties, let's do this. Um, so, uh, specifically the comedians Ben Roy, um, John Michael Bond, and um, Jaron Milan, mm-hmm. um, came out dancing with me. And then also Ben Roy is a comedian, but also has a band, and his bandmate Lauren also came out and we got there for the last like 45 minutes that this bar was open and all they played was like a like a super mix of I'm 
like I can only describe it as the toppest of 40s, like hmm. the most top 40 pop music you've oh, ever I heard in that. your fucking life. And it was like 40 second like bursts of each song before like mixing into the next song. Like it was like rapid fire fucking like anthem sing along pop music. Mm-hmm. And we danced so hard and we were like it, it felt like a it felt like um I was like rinsing my like accomplishment of having like done this festival despite kind of dreading it for the last few weeks I was like you earned this and like you're doing the thing that you love to do which is like tear it up on the dance floor but you're doing it with these like other people that you love so much and like they're having so much fun because you brought them here and it was just so beautiful and they all like when we got done they were like oh my god thank you so much for like taking us out and like showing us like how to do it and I was just like besties you let me know when you're in New York then I'll show you how we do it (laughs) but it was just really sweet um and yeah I just it that's definitely my keepsake was like I went in with professional goals that I accomplished I'm not going to say what they are you know what they are but um I I because they're surprises that have to do with the podcast that's why I'm withholding um I accomplished those goals and then I fucking did what I do you know and I fucking communed with the gays (laughs) to some fucking Cardi B uh, and ABBA yes 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 um that's my keepsake okay um also like kind of my hot take is that pop music brings everybody together. together like every music every musical genre has its purpose has its place I have no hate for any of any genre. I think they're all like, it's really beautiful the way that more niche genres bring specific groups of people together. Like mm-hmm. something that I really appreciate about Fest is like seeing how much these people like love this genre of music that is objectively hard to listen to like mm-hmm. punk music is not pleasant to the ears yeah. but like these people like absolutely like losing it to this music and I'm like this is very similar honestly to techno in yeah. that way like you have to like have a certain appreciation and once you like acquire that taste you're like just in it you know yeah, for sure and so I love that about like more niche genres but pop music it just transcends all of that. And it's because it's like engineered specifically to do that. Mm-hmm. And like in that way, it's maybe less authentic sometimes or whatever. But like I'll forfeit authenticity or like the person who's singing to have all, like also written the song or whatever. I'll forfeit all of that for the feeling of like people of all walks of life absolutely like losing it together to fucking dancing queen or whatever, yeah. you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my hot take is that pop music is just the shit. <laughs> and um, no one can take that away from me. I may be an uns uns girl now, but I still love a lyric. And that's balance. Um, and that's balance. Those are the two genders. Uns, Those uns, are the two lyrics. genders, uns uns and lyrics, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They draw uh, someone. Um, uh, someone dropped. Uh, speaking of lyrics, um, uh, what is the Rihanna song? <laughs> uh, this is what you came for, Calvin Klein or Calvin Calvin Klein yes. Calvin Calvin Klein Calvin, Klein. Harris. Calvin Harris, which is such a bop. <laughs> I remember when that song came out, and I was going to clubs in Providence, and they played it at Unter um, mm. during their set, and it was absolutely an amazing. And it wasn't even like a remix; it was just the song. 
I love when the music becomes a song. a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that too. Um, my mistake. Hmm. I guess my mistake would be. Um, damn, I had one and now it's gone. What was it? Well, listen, this has been a week of me mostly just like having a schedule and having to stick to it. Like I had to like drive. By the way, I can't believe I didn't even mention this yet. I drove 16 hours all the way through from New York to Florida on mm-hmm. Thursday, like Thursday night into Friday during the day. Uh-huh. Um, I We drove, me and Jake Flores, the comedian that I drove with, drove together and like technically split it up. But like I drove... This was not per his request. I was just hyper focusing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I drove thirteen hours wow. straight. Wow, that's amazing. And I will say that it was through the power of. I would love to give a shout out to a friend of the pod. It was through the power of Juicy's SoundCloud. Amazing, <laughs> um, because <laughs> our friend Juicy, great DJ. Um, I brought Vivance but I like didn't really feel like taking it and I was like what could I do instead of an ADHD medication to get me to just power through this overnight drive and I was like I know uns uns music um and so I would just what is Juicy SoundCloud I think it's OMG it's Juicy or is that just their Instagram hold on I'm pulling it up for an official plug for anyone who ever runs out of Adderall (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, so my mistake, I mean, in a way that's a keepsake cause I'm like proud of myself. Yeah. Soundcloud.com slash OMG. It's juicy Hot. for anyone who needs some uns uns in their life. Hot. Um, from a bestie, um, in a way it's a keepsake cause I'm like kind of proud of that. I just fucking like powered the fuck through, but it is a mistake cause towards the end of my shift when I finally like surrendered and handed the steering wheel over to Jake. Um, it was because I just like started not remembering how to drive because it had been 13 hours mm-hmm. nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I took a left on red. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're right. It's time to pull over and uh, it's your turn to drive. And then he just drove three hours and I was like, Hot. I guess I could have split that up better than that. Yeah, but well, I was just so focused. I hear you. That's so, you know, that's the power of um, techno. <laughs> <laughs> It'll do that. It will. Your turn. Okay. Um. Let's see. My hot take. What's my hot take? I don't have any like spicy hot takes this week. Um. I don't know if I've done this. Have I done um a being earnest is good hot take yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Maybe, but I feel like we can do hot takes. Yeah. Well, my hot take this week honest. is that being earnest is actually good and hot and chic. Um, and we need to like end the not being earnest industrial complex that seems to permeate through specifically like our age group. Uh, I don't really get it. I love being earnest. So true, bestie. Um, you're so true. You're so true. Um, my keepsake yesterday, I got to model in a really fabulous photo shoot for Luand, um, with, Some really cool people. Shout out to the other models, Artie and Carolina. Um, And like the whole team was just fucking amazing. Um, It was like the most talented people I've ever gotten to work with. And I've never, I've never 
worked worked on a set before. Um, mm. So it was just really exciting. And it was an early, like, early 2000s summer party concept. Um, if you didn't see, like, the photos and videos that I was posting, that was it, which was just, like, so exciting because it was, like, you know, six-year-old me knew that she would be uh, doing that at 26. Like, how exciting. Um, and, yeah, I just felt, like, super thankful that I even got chosen, reached out to to do this because who the fuck am I? Um, and, yeah, the energy was just amazing. I loved it. Um so that was pretty sick, especially to like cap off a very fun long weekend. Um, yeah. My mistake, my mistake, my mistake is um, hmm. <laughs> my mistake. I can, I can tell by the look on your face that it's going to be. It's just a mistake good. I don't really feel like talking about. Um, and I'll talk more about it on the next Patreon episode. Um, but my mistake is just that I. Um, I'm just possibly complicating a situation or no, it's not that I'm complicating a situation. My mistake actually front and center is that I am avoiding <laughs> a conversation that needs to be had because I don't want to have it because mm-hmm. it is a complex, emotional, high intensity conversation to match a complex, emotional, high intensity situation. It's nothing bad. But it's just a conversation that needs to be had about kind of what I feel like I feel like I'm existing in um, a very unambiguous territory right now. And I don't do uh, ambiguity well. I don't like gray areas. I like to label things. That's why I'm a Mm -hmm. binary trans woman. (laughs) Like I like (laughs) I like boxes. Um, Mm. I like to know what something is. Um, and I don't fully know what the situation that I'm in is right now. Um, and yeah, and it would be so simple to just have the conversation with the other person who is on the other end of the situation. Um, but that's complicated and I don't want to do it. (laughs) So, but it's starting to drive me crazy. Um, I thought that I, I thought that it wasn't like, I thought that it wasn't driving me crazy. You and I spoke about it like two weeks ago and then after this weekend pretty quickly during this weekend I was like "Mm, nope it's exactly what I thought that it was um this is so (laughs) ambiguous for the listeners absolutely subscribe to the patreon if you don't already um Mm -hmm. because I'll be going into juicy juicy details um the salacious the salacious the salacious details pardon me um (laughs) we've decided to not use that description anymore for reasons that will not go here disclosed here here is the thing here is what i can offer people so that what i'm talking about doesn't sound so ambiguous and cryptic the kissing your friends on the mouth lifestyle is not for the faint of heart (laughs) and i famously am a faint of heart person very faint Um, yeah, needs a fainting couch. Needs a fainting couch. And sometimes the kissing your friends on the mouth lifestyle leads to feelings um, that are complex. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I just I need to have I need to put on my big girl pants and have the conversation. Um God, I have so many follow up questions, but I know that you don't want to talk too much about. Well, this no, on we can, we can. No, podcast. I don't care. We can. This person doesn't. What kind of conversation? Do you want a conversation to end it or no. to begin it? 
Well, that's the thing. It's like, are we beginning something? Or is it already happening? You know? I don't... Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't want to have the conversation because I'm afraid that if I have the conversation and I name how I'm feeling because we haven't named what it is that we're doing other than we're best friends and Mm -hmm. now we're kind of hooking up. But it's like, Mm -hmm. it's been a very, like, don't ask, don't tell policy almost of, like, this is what we're doing kind of when we're like out together on the weekends but we're not re- we're not fully acknowledging it and yeah. any time that I've kind of tried to acknowledge it it's not been shut down but it's been I've have almost been made to feel like let's not go there is the vibe that I've picked up on mm. and I don't think that I'm wrong with that because my intuition is always right like I don't think that I'm overthinking it I think that really is what might be going on um it's like equally intense on both ends. So yeah, I'm afraid that if I have the conversation and I name how I'm feeling, I like really state it, then the person is going to be like, let's not do this anymore. And then that would be the worst case scenario because I'm really having fun. Um, and I don't want it. To, I like just, I don't really know what that would even look like. So. Yeah. I feel like, Whatever. I understand everything you're feeling. I have been there in so many words. I know. And and not even just with the most recent person I was there with, yeah. but like I have been there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think that in this situation, if you say how you're feeling, the answer is going to be let's stop doing this. It just might be let's do this more mindfully. Well, that's the thing. the I- person in question is like not someone who I think would stop yeah you're probably so correct I might be um (laughs) not giving them too much credit because that's a bitchy thing I might be um you're just mischaracterizing mischaracterizing yeah I'm characterizing them you're projecting onto them you're you're putting what you would do what I would exactly oh my god you're so because that is what I would do if I were yeah but I don't think that's what they would do and this is I think that it it's also it's like I'm t- I need to have the conversation because I'm like, how much is my low self-esteem at play here? You know, I've told you before that I'm like, what if they're just mm-hmm. doing this to like throw me in, you know, in so many words, a bone. And it's like, we've now reached a point where that's <laughs> clearly not. We, I mean, it's clearly not what's going on. Um, yeah. But I just I have just been in this situation before, not with friends, but just with guys where it's been like a really mm-hmm. fun thing. And then I've been like, hey, I'm feeling And I don't want to be your girlfriend, but I'm feeling intensely. And then they have gotten freaked out and been like, let's end it. Right. And again, I'm. No, I think this person. But that's like, those are like dumb straight guys. So. I I think this person is very comfortable with intense intensity. For sure. I mean, yeah. Like. So I I don't think that, like, for me, just as your friend, I. My only concern is that if not ending it. Um, when you feel intensely is going to result in your feelings being more hurt in the long totally. run. Totally. I mean, I lit- I like hurt my own feelings this weekend and I don't think that I was totally wrong <laughs> in how I was feeling, but I definitely mm-hmm. let myself get carried away because I, it was kind of a um, allowing myself, making myself feel like I was being rejected before I was even rejected and then I actually wasn't rejected at all. It's mm-hmm. kind of, and I'll give you the deets <laughs> later, but it's... On Patreon. Uh, and yeah, and then you just, you know, you one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. Then the then the, uh, the, the highest Patreon tier is um, just you and me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to pay, but you can't listen. 
Yeah, no, yeah, my Patreon tier is that I get the, like, the most salacious details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no one else gets. And, yeah, um, and so it's just, yeah, it's been, it's been intense. And I love intensity. I'm an intensity junkie, for sure. Yeah, Especially, same. like, a romantic totally intensity junkie. Um, yeah. And I think, th- or I don't think, same, I know kind of. that this person also is. <laughs> yeah. We absolutely have That's that why in like, common. That's why, I think that's why I think that the concern that they're going to end it is not like that based in reality. Sure. Like I do think it's like just your own, like what you would do if you were them yeah, and what you would do if you were them, if you felt how you think they, they feel. feel, but you don't even know how they feel. Also, it's like they're showing me that they actually feel the complete opposite of how I'm afraid that they feel like they keep showing me. And then that's making yeah. me feel bad because then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like not giving this person who I love so deeply enough credit because I keep projecting onto them and I'm not saying it to them. I'm like saying it in my own mm-hmm. head, which isn't fair. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when I was having that yeah. spiral over the summer that all of our friends were like mad at me and like thought that I was like being like too much and like were uh-huh. like didn't weren't going to want to hang out with me anymore. And then I had this moment like on the train where I was like crying about it and then was like, wait a minute, that is so mean of me to think that about my friends. I'm not getting, giving them enough credit for how emotionally intelligent and present they are. Like, right. What? It, why am I doing? It's not. F- why am I? Why am I expecting my current friends to have the same like failures that of, my like, past friends? My had. past friends. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Projecting onto totally. people is mean. <laughs> it is. It's, mean. it's insulting. That's my hot take. Projecting onto people is insulting. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Listen, I think that this conversation should be had for sure. I don't think that your fears about it are um, warranted. Yeah. I would love to have it maybe before this weekend, but I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not give ourselves deadlines. I mean, not in this case. Yeah, We will. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I, Yeah. Um, boy oh boy do I get it was just it was really funny today (laughs) talking about this to a friend who I like formally thought that I was in love with talking about it talking about this friend to that friend um and the friend you're like hmm patterns patterns, yeah well except with that friend we never did any that was a real will they or won't they situation like a real should or get off the pot and the answer was they won't won't. and the answer was i don't want to because then we did and i was like no (laughs) um i was like oh you're like my brother um Mm -hmm. this person and not like in a hot yeah this person is like this one is like your brother like he's like your step yeah this person's like my bro my stepbrother slash stepson slash soulmate slash best friend um bitch lover mother that's the Meredith Brooks yeah. remix of that song. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. A real hyphen. Uh, yeah. A lot of hyphens for that title. Yeah. Lots lots of things <laughs> happening right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I know that um, I just need to have the conversation. And I'm going to have it because I'm a big girl. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, you are. Yes. And... You know, they can't really say the same for them, but they're chill. <laughs> they're a big boy in their own way. They're a big boy when they need to be one. 
Yes, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But they're just also. I'm also not really a big girl. I'm, I'm actually a teenager, so I can like. <laughs> I'm acting like a teenage girl right now. Mm-hmm. Is actually the thing, or I won't say that. You know, right. I wasn't a teenage girl, so I don't know. I'm acting like a teenage faggot right now. I know that because this is how I acted. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll say it. You're a teenage girl. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll bestow that honor upon you. Okay. Um, and I say that as a fellow teenage girl some of the time. Yeah. I think this week I'm a real boss-ass grown vady, but um, it's a, you know, I, I can't be constantly punching in on the clock. Like, sometimes I got to punch out and be a teenage girl again. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure that's coming right around the corner. This weekend, I was a real hold me by my hand bottom bitch. um, And I just like didn't (laughs) love it. Um, So I I need to get back to myself because I was like, Mm -hmm. this is fun. Kind of never. I don't (laughs) I don't like this. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. What do we think? The fuck up of the weekend? The fuck up of the week is. Were there any racist celebrity Halloween costumes this year? I feel like it's been crickets as far as that's concerned. Yeah, no. There were none that I... Did they all finally get the memo? I think so, unless some shit comes out. But yeah. um, Ooh... Um, Zane. uh, Oh, yeah. Is it Malik Malik? Zane Malik? Zane Malik. Zane Malik. Um, Just what happened? He just uh, pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor, Mm -hmm. which was him saying he was not guilty for shoving. um, uh, Well, no contest does not mean not not guilty. It's not the same. Well, but he did it. He did it to say to. Because he felt that he was not guilty, is what yes, yes, is yes, what his yes, team yeah. came out and said in their statement. So it was yes. his plea deal. Now he has to do like however many hours of community service and do anger management courses. Anyway, who is it that he was with, Bella or Gigi? Which which one of the Hadids? Gigi. So he shoved Gigi Hadid's mother into a wall, called her a um, allegedly allegedly a Dutch whore. Uh, told her to get. <laughs> oh my god, that is my fairy. <laughs> told her to get out of his house, and then um, so they're no longer together because of that incident. Um, and yeah, so his the mother charged uh, pressed charges for emotional and physical like duress or harassment. Right. Oof. He's an angry. Okay. He's an angry boy. This is not the first he time is. that he has gotten into like a it's... brawl with someone. No, and it's also not the first time that like a darkness has like shown. Yeah, he him. like ripped um, off his shirt this summer outside of a uh, like a celebrity frequented uh, like billiards place in Manhattan. Like ripped off his shirt and was like pounding on his chest and like tried to fight someone because they approached him and were like, "Oh, you're Zane." Um, yeah. And the club, the place had to kick him out. I mean, he also like quit One Direction in the middle of a tour or whatever. Yeah. Like he. There's just a lot of like. He is someone who was never meant to be famous. He's got some shit to work out. He's someone who is, and he knows yeah, that too. He said that for sure. he like hates being famous totally, and he like regrets being in One Direction, which sucks because I famously love him and uh, loved him in One Direction. He's not like my favorite or anything. I'm not like a Zane girl, yeah. but um, it's sad. He, I mean, you already. <laughs> My friends and fans already know that Zane and I have beef because he left One Direction on my birthday oh, yes, in yes. 2015, uh-huh. um, which is a terrible gift. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, who knows what is, well, you know, what like really happened because he's saying that it's not how it was described by the Hadid mother. Um, yeah. but obviously something happened because they broke up. Yeah. Gigi and Zane broke up and they have a child together. So that's no, like, that's not something they do. They would do lightly. I don't think. Yeah. It also kind of, to me says that probably, there's something that was going on between Gigi and Zane before this happened, like that this yeah. was a final straw kind of situation. For sure. Because I think if it break- were like completely out of the blue. Right. And if it had so. been completely out of the blue, I feel like it would be a situation where it's like, oh, like clearly you're going through something and like we'll get through this together, you uh-huh, know, like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it is sad. Um. And I, I'm not trying to cancel Zayn Malik, but I'm also not trying to make any excuses for male violence. So yeah, no, Zayn, come on the pod. I'm just, yeah, Zayn, come on the pod. Let's talk about your mistakes. Yeah, one being ever getting famous. Yeah, that sucks for that you. That sucks. <laughs> I feel like if I he ever is kind of like one of the cautionary tales of like why I'm not interested yeah, in no. like true fame. I feel like if I got famous, like actual celebrity famous, I would handle it the same way that Zayn has. I think I would absolutely go nuts. Yeah. I already yeah, I mean, have an it's... angry streak inside of me buried <laughs> deep, deep down in the darkest recesses of my psyche that I've really repressed <laughs> over the years. So I know that it wouldn't take a lot for that to come out if I were famous. In the words of Lady Gaga, fame is a prison. Yes, and in the um, words of Angel and... Mommy, so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Angel Mommy replied to one of Clara Pluton's tweets this oh week. Oh my Did God, no. Angel Mommy, come on the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod, Clara. Um, friend of the pod and just friend of the friend group, Clara yes. Pluton, <laughs> who will be a guest on the pod very, very soon. Um tweeted something i wish i wish it was just like higher up in my likes but i guess i've been like like liking a lot of tweets this week because i've been alone a lot um oh yeah here it is clara tweeted i tweet for the folks who use masturbation as a meal replacement when they're too depressed to walk to the kitchen and then angel mommy (laughs) angel mommy five um tweeted responded wow with the like like shocked face it might work though with the like oh my god face and then like a thinking bubble and then a cat emoji with the heart wait that's so funny yeah and then clara replied it does oh my god that's (laughs) hilarious yeah that was um an important moment for me go follow go follow clara's new uh instagram account that is keeping track of all of clara and then other people's comments on britney spears's very poetic instagram post it's It's called it's at britney's at britney spears psalms yeah um clara is the funniest person alive truly the fun like uh speaking of no speaking of no contest (laughs) yes speaking of comedians you should know clara yeah, As a comedian, Clara, you should know. Truly so fucking funny. Vulture, um, where is Clara's byline? Just... <laughs> <laughs> also, Clara's TikTok is like 80% of the reason I'm back on TikTok. It's the funniest. Speaking of which, I'm back on TikTok. Everyone follow me because I am posting on there. Uh, um, I'm trying again. Um, but yeah, anyway, the rest of this episode has already been recorded. Yes, uh... So the sound quality is about to be different because we're about to be catapulted into the same room. Yeah. I'm about to teleport into the same room as you, and we're going to talk about 
<laughs> we're going to talk about some toxic waste in Brooklyn and Ridgewood. Yes. And I do want to say as a little like um, disclaimer that I am not trying to like discourage anyone from going to nowadays no. because of this. no one like, will be. I told toxic waste. I told people at nowadays while we were all absolutely vibing out and everyone was like sick. And then just kept oons oons saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, no, no. I just, I want to m- make it clear that this is not me trying to like warn people to not go there. Like the, as it's described in the podcast, the actual like radiation levels have gone down significantly since they started the yeah. um, cleanup in that area. And there, it's like projected to be finished with cleanup in the next year. Yeah. Hopefully sooner than that. Um, but also... Spending even 24 hours at a 24-hour rave at nowadays is not enough time for it to do any, like, real damage to for you. Sure. Um, I would love, like, if this sparks any kind of emotional reaction from anybody, it would be cool if we could set up something maybe for the nowadays employees to, like, I don't, what's that, um, what's that, uh, there's a supplement that you can take that like lowers your radiation exposure. Oh, Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, I don't. Okay, hold on. I'm going to look it up. But I'm like, should we just like gift <laughs> the employees of nowadays like uh-huh. this supplement? Like, thank you. Um, <laughs> Ow, that hurt. Thank you. Ow. Um, let's see. It's. Um, oh my God. Why is this supplement. Oh my God, there's like a known one. Why am I, I feel like an idiot right now. Okay, these three supplements could protect you from the effects of radiation. Mm. Okay, none of this is like what I thought it was. Whatever, we'll we'll look into it. (laughs) But I'm like, the only people... Like the only people who should have any real concerns about what this the mistake that I talk about in this episode mm-hmm. are the people who live in the area and the people who work in the area. Like just going to the place is not going to really put you at risk. So I want to encourage people to still patronize nowadays. Yeah. This is not me coming for nowadays. For sure. Um and the other businesses in that area. But would love to like put any kind of action towards helping the residents and employees of that area um get compensation <laughs> from like yeah, yeah. the city or something because um, Aaron Brockovich they've really moment. been sitting on this truly though I do feel that way a little bit like the whole like I want to be clear that the reason I chose this as a subject is to like put New York City on blast because it's like known about this since like the 80s mm-hmm. and only just started the cleanup in like 2013 yeah. um and radiation poisoning is no fucking joke and these are like real people's lives Mm -hmm. and i also lived there for four years so i'm just it's like a mistake that affects me personally but this is not me saying like therefore let's not go to these businesses i'm not saying that at all and i just felt compelled to clarify that because i don't think i said anything along those lines while actually talking about Uh it when we recorded this last week so just wanted to say that um but the rest of this episode is pre-recorded and um get into it get into that listener mistake get into it (laughs) listener mistakes okay this listener mistake comes from annie um 
who is a longtime listener of the pod. Hello. Hi, Anya and Nika. All your talk about Harry Styles made me remember the mistake of letting One Direction cause a falling out of my friendship group in secondary school. Oh, my God. We went to an extremely sheltered girls' school way out in the countryside. And because we didn't have that much going on outside of school, we were pretty much each other's whole worlds. We were starved of excitement and starved of, of boys, too, which meant we were prone to having quite extreme celebrity obsessions. And when we were in year nine, we all started to obsess over One Direction. And I mean obsess. We wore rubber bracelets bracelets with their names on it, played 1D-themed Would You Rather games, and dream of scenarios where, we'd, where they'd come to our school and obviously pick us girlies to go on tour with them. This was all fine and fun until One Direction were going to do a concert near us. We were all so excited to go and planning the day until we realized tickets were like 200 pounds. I mean, where do you get that kind of money when you're 13? But two of my friends did have the money and bought tickets, which instantly created a divide in our friendship group. I don't really remember the escalation of the fallout, but we did not speak to each other for over six months. Within that time, I actually stopped even liking One Direction because I was so hurt by the falling out. We did eventually become friends again, just in that way that you decide you're all over it. We're still friends to this day and find it really funny to joke about how our love for Harry Styles nearly ruined us. (laughs) Friends having different amounts of disposable income is obviously still an issue when it comes to wanting to share certain experiences together. True. So true, bestie. But I feel Uh the mistake is letting it truly get in the way of good friendships. Lots of love to you all, Annie. That's so funny. Um, and relatable. Oh, my God. Very relatable. This is how we're feeling about our friends being like, New Le- Year's is in Mexico, Mexico, which we're making work because we have to. I roll. <laughs> but this is very much like the episode of Friends where Phoebe and Joey. Yes. And um, I think, well, I think Rachel... I can't remember if um, Rachel is still poor at this point in the show. But when they're <sighs> like, hey, can we stop having all of our hangouts be in scenarios where like Monica, Ross and Chandler can afford it easily? And it's like really hard for the other half of us to afford the scenario. The way that I am like engaging in like eight different gigs between now and Mexico so that I can afford to go like <laughs> is actually ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And yet, I have to go. <laughs> it's our One Direction concert. Oh, my God. So we relate. We relate, Annie. That's so funny. Harry Styles truly can change a person. <laughs> can change a person and a friendship. We get it, girly. Um, I'm glad you're friends again. And I hope you like Harry Styles again. Because yeah. I certainly do. <laughs> uh, I was very much dropping serious coin on One Direction concerts um, when I was a teenager. (laughs) And I don't remember how I was able to afford it. I had a job, so I guess that's how. Because I must be a little bit older than Annie here because I was not in ninth grade. I was like on the other end of high school or what would have been high school had I stayed in high school. (laughs) You want to take us on a deep dive? Yeah, my deep dive also relates to the ninth grade. Deep dive. Deep dive. So, my freshman year of high school, um, I, I like I chose to go to my high school, LaSalle Academy, because they had the best theater program in the state. Um, and I had been doing theater since I was seven. 
Um, and at this point, I still really wanted to be like a theater actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my freshman year, I auditioned for the fall play. Um, I've talked about being in the play before on our Jenny Slate episode where I talk about saying fuck um, accidentally. <laughs> um, oh my God, the Jenny Slate episode, classic. Um, I forget the name of this play, but it was a Russian play. Um, and anyway, I auditioned um, Mr. Haynes. We famously had two different directors, Mr. Haynes and Mrs. Hayes. And Mr. Haynes was the one directing this. And I was the only freshman that got into the play, which was a huge fucking deal. Freshmen generally did not get into the fall plays, but we were encouraged to audition anyway to kind of, you know, put ourselves out there so they knew who we were. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got in and I got an, uh, um, an ensemble type role where I had you know one line but it was a huge deal I was very excited and um this really pissed off and we're gonna name names on this episode nothing illegal (laughs) happened so we can do it but this really pissed off Lucio Andriozzi um wait didn't haven't we talked about this person before we have okay yeah in the context of this play as well okay great so um, oh yeah is that the person who made a face about you saying fuck yes okay so Lucio the way that the LaSalle Academy during my four years, the the theater department worked was that at the top of the pecking order was um, Sean Walsh. Sean Walsh was one of maybe three openly gay um, students at LaSalle. He was extremely popular in every play, always got the leads, quite talented. He was prom king one year as an openly gay student, caused a lot of controversy when he was dancing with his gay date who like unofficially came with him and was told that they couldn't dance together um and going into my freshman year I had a bit of a leg up socially because my sister Elisa had been um very revered by the theater kids because she had amazing an amazing voice and every year won LaSallian Idol which was our talent show she came in first place every year she was the first freshman to ever win um And so I kind of took that social capital and ran with it so that the older kids would like me and that I would have, you know, an in. Um, And it worked. They really liked me. They thought I was funny. They, like, loved that I was Elisa's little sibling. Um, And so they took me in. Sean Walsh and the other juniors and seniors let me, you know, hang out with them during rehearsals. They really liked me. And this made Lucio, who... I don't think was out at that time, but we were both clearly faggots. Um, it really, and you know, we there we just had too much in common. We were both like tiny Italian American, flamboyant young underclassmen gays who were like, you know, loud and funny, and like that's how we got people to like us. And um, it kind of sent him. I think it put him and his idea of where he was in the pecking order off kilter and it freaked him out that I was around. Um, and I just wanted to be friends with him. That was it. But he set out immediately to make sure that I knew that I was at the bottom of the totem pole and that he did not like me. So I was getting along really well with all of these kids. And then Lucio began gossiping about me and started making up truly what were lies. I don't remember the specifics of what they were, but he eventually halfway through the play got Sean Walsh to dislike me, um, which sent everything into a tizzy. So halfway through the play, the seniors are kind of, you know, 
some of them are being lukewarm towards me. People like Sean Walsh are being quite cold towards me. And I'm already being bullied by people in my actual class. So now I'm in theater and what I view as a safe space is no longer feeling safe. And I'm dreading going to rehearsals and tech rehearsals famously suck because it's your Saturday and Sunday for like three weeks and you're there for like 10, sometimes 12 hours um, around these people. And so our second to last performance of the play, um, this is after Fuckgate, um, I am backstage during one of the performances and we're all, you know, we're supposed to be quiet, but some of us are, you know, kind of horsing around and we're giggling and I'm wearing my costume and socks and I am kind of like tussling with somebody and we slide into each other because we're wearing socks and we're on the linoleum floor backstage and it causes me to slide and bump into Sean Walsh and Sean Walsh turns around and snaps at me in front of everyone and starts yelling at me and it's like you know like what the fuck Nika like get it together like we're backstage like what's wrong with you like you know what and why don't you like don't even do theater anymore because like no one likes you so like after this play don't even do it oh my god in front of everyone and everyone is silent and I won you know I was never a kid who respected the pecking order so I end up snapping back at him and I don't remember what I say but I know that I say something to the tune of like I don't know who you think you are but like don't talk to me that way yeah um and again mind you this is high school he's a 17 year old freshman I or a senior I'm a 14 year old freshman yeah um and So, you know, I'm like big and bad in that moment, but I go home that night and I'm like really emotional and I'm crying and I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I bet the next night is the last performance of the play because we had four performances and I beg my mom and my dad. I'm like, do not make me do the play tomorrow night. I'm begging you. Like my friends from middle school were all going, you know, that I had in middle school and was still friends at the time. We're going to see a movie. And I was like, just let me go see the movie with them. I like need to be with my friends. I don't like I can't go. Sean Walsh told me not to do theater anymore. <laughs> I can't go. And my mom and my dad are like, you know, my mom didn't my mom always let us quit stuff except the one thing that we were good at so theater she always was like uh uh-uh. uh like you do a play you're in that play like if you are like in a summer camp that is theater related and you don't want to do it sucks you have to do it like this is something you're good at you're passionate about you cannot quit but my parents also were like this is your second month of school and you already want to leave like you're miserable you're being bullied you're crying a lot you keep like asking us to skip school we're gonna throw you a bone you don't have to go in to the play tomorrow night or to school at all. So I'm like, well, we have to come up with a lie. We can't just say that like I'm being bullied. That's so embarrassing. (laughs) So my dad and my mom call the school and they tell them that I'm sick. And so I don't go in. They're like, she can't do the play tonight. She's sick. Obviously everybody knows why I don't go in. And so I don't go in and that next Monday, you know, all the theater kids are like looking at me and snickering at me and Sean Walsh is looking at me. Lucio Andreozzi is looking at me and everyone knows. And I stop doing theater for the rest of freshman year. I don't Ugh. audition for any more of the plays. Um, and I come back like mid sophomore year. I think for the spring one of the spring plays, we, we would do three plays that year. So I come back for the second play to audition. Um, 
But, you know, it's it's kind of like no one is taking me seriously now because I was a freshman who got a really huge opportunity and I dropped out of the final performance. Um, and it really set in stone the next three years of my high school career with theater. Um, I never again got a lead role. I never again got a good role. I was constantly either not cast or cast and put in ensemble roles. I like got, you know, like maybe like I got a uh, a duet that was like a really big deal in our cabaret uh, my junior year, but that was it. Mr. Haynes threw me the bone with that one because I had a good voice. Um, but yeah, so it just really set me up for failure um, and really like I allowed these two assholes mm. to take away something from me that I loved so much um, and I didn't stick it out um, and I regretted it for the rest of high school. I regretted it into college um, and yeah, that so that was that was a mistake um, and it's something I think about not like often, often, but often enough that I reflect back on it and wonder if I had just stuck it out and showed up for that last performance, would any of this blown over? You know, would I have just solidified a place for myself uh, in the theater department? Probably. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I didn't even do theater in high school because I had a um, falling out with someone who was like one of my best friends in middle school and was a year older than me. So was in high school before I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And so the beginning of my freshman year, I had a falling out with her and she was like such a big part of the theater community at my high school that I, um, just never, that's like part of why I quit theater when I was like the lead in all of my middle school plays, except for the very first one. Yeah. Um, and I just straight up quit theater because I like didn't want to deal with like this girl that was like making my life mm-hmm. hell. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. It sucks. Um, I mean, you know, maybe it's it's a blessing in disguise yeah. that we didn't like go down the theater track and became like, you know, those people. Yeah. In no, for adulthood. sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's also funny because like I, the majority of the kids that did theater at LaSalle that were like so talented are not even really in the arts anymore. Yeah. So same, same with the theater kids at my high school. But anyway, um, all right. Well, much like, uh, how is this related? Hmm. Okay. Much like, um, one small, seemingly innocuous like decision very long ago has possibly impacted the outcome of the rest of your life and um the your your place in like a certain world um mm. so too <laughs> uh has the consequences been bigger than could have been imagined um <laughs> of the toxic waste in Ridgewood, Queens. Best mistake. Uh, look at you pulling it together after, what was this, last last it, night that we talked about this? No, two nights on, ago? it was two nights ago. Oh my God. Or two mornings ago. Two mornings, yeah, two <laughs> 7 a.m.s ago. Um, <sighs> yeah, so this came to my attention via um, Nita, friend our of the friend. Pod. <laughs> friend of the pod. <laughs> Um, well, and it be, it was something that, um, 
came up because we were just talking about this venue that we really enjoy going to raves at and um, how it's just kind of like out in the middle of nowhere ish as far as New York City is concerned. And she was like, well, you know why we're like partying out there? You know why like that? That's ours, right? It's because it's a fucking <laughs> toxic radiation dump oh my God. and no one else wants it, which I think is just very much um like that is queer nightlife for you yeah. you know just partying on toxic radiation because um that's what we get we get the scraps oh my god <laughs> um so um a little bit of background on this toxic radiation dump that i actually both of us have lived right next to in our lifetimes um currently do you don't live in the same you don't not in the same way where is it it's where nowadays is okay well i did that was i did live over there yes that's what i'm saying oh god yeah um and i lived there for four years so Mm. (laughs) let's see how that ends up affecting us long term but in any case um new york city has a lot of different like high level radiation sites Mm -hmm. um, for different reasons. New York city has been the like place for manufacturing nuclear weapons. Um, It's been a place for researching like nuclear like elements. There's just like a lot of different parts of New York that have long-term radiation in them because of, um, basically that like era of America where we were like obsessed with nuclear power and nuclear weapons. Um, for example, there's one site where the like a lot of the manufacturing of the bombs that ended up being the bombs for um, the Hiroshima attack mm-hmm. um, were like under a certain bridge in New York City. I forget which one, but there's still like long-term radiation there Mm. because of it. Like we're kind of, due to this research, I've found out that we're kind of like living amongst a lot of radiation in this city, Um, which cool. Yay. Love that for us. Um, So if you're not familiar, a Superfund is the common name given to the law called the Comprehensive Environmental Response um, Consip- Consip- Compensation and Liability Act of 1980, um, or CERCLA. Um, Superfund is also the trust fund set up by Congress to handle emergency and hazardous waste sites needing long-term cleanup. Um, so... This site in Ridgewood, where one of our, where nowadays, or not exactly where nowadays is, but near nowadays, um, uh, is a New York City Superfund site. Okay. And um, so it's in the process of being like, quote unquote, like cleaned up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it became like... It started seeking Superfund status in 2013. Um, So there's a New York Times article called Superfund Status Sought for Queens Industrial Site um, by Edna 
Ishayek, um, published October 30th, 2013. Um, and it basically talks about there's a, um, a auto shop right in that area that is like directly on top of this like radiation, uh-huh. like hazardous waste site. And experts that have been like figuring out what to do about this site, how to clean it up, what the hazards are. Um, they were one of their recommendations is that nobody lay on their back in this auto shop oh because it'll make it worse. But that's like literally what you do at an auto Jesus. shop is lay on your back. Um, so ha- what is this radiation from? Um, what is like, why is this waste there? Great questions. There was a chemical company um, in the, I want to say the 30s, the 30s and 40s. Oh, from actually early 1920s until 1954, there was a chemical company there called the Wolf Alport Chemical Company. Um, And it was located at 1125 to 1139 Irving Avenue and um, 1514 Cooper Avenue in Ridgewood, Queens, New York, on the border of Bushwick, Brooklyn, and uh, right on the border of Bushwick, Brooklyn. So on the border of Bushwick and Ridgewood, famously where you and I have both lived at some point in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, The triangular area covers approximately... Um, 0.75 acres and is bound by Irving Avenue to the southwest, Cooper Avenue to the northwest, and a former cabinet manufacturing facility to the east. The The current on-site buildings are a delicatessen and grocery store, an office space, residential apartments, several auto repair shops, and a warehousing space. Um, and I think this, this was written pre nowadays so it's possible that warehousing space is literally nowadays the um club that we love to go to um so the wolf alport chemical company operated um importing um monazite sand from the belgian congo and extracting rare earth elements from the material um monazite contains six to eight percent more of thorium Thorium is a radioactive metallic chemical element, symbol TH, atomic number 90. It's um, silvery and tarnishes black when it's exposed to air. Um, And it's basically just like one of the elements that was used for a lot of research in the development of um, nuclear weapons and nuclear power. Um, So... Until 1947, the Wolf Alport Chemical Company disposed of the thorium waste um, in the sewer and possibly by burial on the property. Oh, my God. Recent investigations have indicated that um, residual contamination still exists on site and in or around the sewer lines downstream of the facility. Um The U.S. Department of Energy notified the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene New York State Department of Environmental Conservation and the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency of the potential for radiological contamination at the site in September 1987. 
A preliminary radiological survey was conducted in February 1988, which confirmed the presence of radiological contamination, but concluded that the levels were below the regulatory limits at the time and therefore did not pose a risk to human health. Between 2000 and 2007, several additional radiological surveys were completed at the site. Um, And the New York City Department of Design and Construction conducted a multi-phase investigation between July 2009 and March 2010. Um, And this investigation confirmed the presence of radiological contamination both on-site and in the sewer system. And in February of 2012, um, health... consultation conducted by um, the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry concluded that there were potential health risks to on-site workers and pedestrians who frequently use the sidewalks of Irving Avenue um, near the site due to the radiological contamination. Um, The site was listed on the national priorities list in May, on May 12th, 2014. So, um, a little bit of background on this company, the Wolf, the Wolf Alport, um, chemical company. Um, it was started by these guys called the Hirsch brothers who were like New York city socialites and like fucking rich ass dudes, but also, um, like revered scientific revered in the scientific community. Um, for their contribution to um, a lot of things, but like specifically these like nuclear plants that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them died pretty young. And I wonder if it's because of their exposure to yeah. radiation. The The owners of these businesses I just listed um said no mention of the possible radioactive contamination was made when they began renting their spaces. The auto repair shop moved in um, 14 years before this article was written. So I guess in um, 1999. Jesus. Um, well after the first, like well after the, those dates in the 80s when they were already looking into this. Mm-hmm. So like it could have easily been mentioned. So Dr. David Brenner, direct, the director of the Center for Radiological Research at Columbia University Medical Center, compares the auto repair shop workers' annual exposure to a medical CT scan or about 200 x-rays a year. Okay. But still... That's a lot. A lot, yes. Um, you wouldn't voluntarily have a CT scan each year, Dr. Brenner said. No one working there should change jobs, but we don't want anyone to have more radiation than they have to. So it should be cleaned up. Um, uh, Rafael Collado, as um, the um, manager of the deli next door, and has worked there nearly every day for four years. Um, I don't worry because I don't know exactly how big is the danger he said if they tell me it's bad i'll be worried um so for the most part like everyone's just trying to like continue to live their lives and not think about it Mm -hmm. but um the actual researchers and like people like experts are a little bit um like not 
actively telling everyone to get the fuck out, mm-hmm. but they're like, we need to address this, which is why it is a super fun site. So the main concerns that the business owners in the area have and have had since this became a super fun site mm-hmm. is the way that its super fund status has affected businesses. Okay. Because when the site becomes a super fund site, um, it's now like there's a lot of physical work that's going on in the area to actually facilitate the nuclear waste cleanup. Um, But also now the public knows that this is a dangerous area potentially. So like why go to this deli and get radiation when you can go to a deli three blocks away and like potentially not get radiation, you know? So like a lot of the people working in at those businesses, at least at the time, of this becoming um, a a designated like Superfund site, um, a lot of their actual concerns mostly just l- were in how it affects business, which is so sad that like our fucking capitalist society and like having to make money to survive is more important than like the survival itself. Yep. They actually have designated this as the most radioactive place in New York City. Oh, my God. So it's been a lengthy cleanup process. Um, The pollution in the form of gamma radiation emanating from the thorium sludge discarded over 60 years ago is in the soil, underground, in the sewers. um, And the cleanup may take over a decade and we've only just we started it less than a decade ago so they're still in the process of this cleanup um but the cleanup is going to cut the radiation down to what they like refer to as like regular background Mm -hmm. levels because we're all constantly exposed to radiation every day yeah and so the like steps that they're taking is going to bring this down to just like a pretty normal amount of radiation and already has I think cut it into at least in half in the steps they've already taken Um, but there's a lot that they can't really do or like that's going to take a lot longer like addressing what has gotten into the sewers Mm -hmm. and where that has taken it into other parts of the neighborhood so like for example they were finding radiation all the way over to the corner of halsey and irving Mm -hmm. which is the corner i lived on for a long ass time and they still haven't been able to really do much about like the radiation that's like traveled in the sewers in that way Mm -hmm. but people who work for the epa Um, are quoted for having saying radiation is a scary concept you can't see it you can't smell it you hear radiation you get scared but there's no real impact to the outside community it sounds a lot more worrying than it is which I don't know that sounds like to me there's nothing actually that reassuring to me about the words like it sounds more worrying than it is like you haven't actually given us any figures on how not worried we should be (laughs) yeah um So multiple businesses since the the Superfund allocation have relocated. Um, one in particular being a like business that just like makes ice 
and they were like, we're not, we're not trying to have like radioactive <laughs> water in our ice. Um, There's this article takes a weird turn and I'm looking for just like a mention any mention of nowadays but all these articles are from like 2013 what has been done to clean up the site okay so basically field work conducted in 2015 to 2016 included the collection of soil samples from the gamma radiation surveys of the site and several adjacent properties, installation of groundwater groundwater monitoring wells, a sewer system investigation, sediment sampling of the Newtown Creek near Outfall Point associated with the sewer system adjacent to the site, and radon testing of a nearby school and daycare center, um, the results from which um, the school and daycare center uh, revealed radon cons- concentrations between 0.1 and 0.7, which are well below the EPA action limit. Wow. <coughs> which is That's good. radiation. Yeah. So what is the current site status? A record decision was signed on um, September 26, 2017, selecting a final remedy for the site. The selected remedy includes relocation of all on-site tenants Demolition of all on-site buildings, evacuation of all contaminated soil and sewer sediment above the um, remediation goals, jet cleaning or removal of contamination sewers as necessary, and off-site disposal of all contaminated soil, sediment, and building materials. The remedial design of the tenant relocation and building demolition components of the remedy was completed in September 2018. Tenant relocation and building demolition activities um, will begin once funding is available. <laughs> so this is just like on hold. And all those buildings are going to be demolished for this. Jesus. The, the remedial design of the soil excavation portion of the remedy is currently underway. A pre-design investigation to further delineate the extent of the soil contamination is anticipated to begin... Um, this year, 2021, um, New York city, which owns the sewers, streets and sidewalks has agreed to perform remedial design for the excavation of contaminated soil beneath the streets and sidewalks and the cleanup of the impacted portions of the sewer system. It, that is anticipated, um, to begin summer 2021. So has potentially already begun. Um, the EPA reached out in writing to the property owners at the site in April 2021, reminding them of the need to relocate their tenants so the EPA can proceed with the re- remediation of the site. In those letters, um, EPA also advised the property owners not to re-rent any space once the current tenants are relocated 
as that would interfere with the EPA's ability to proceed with the cleanup work at the site. Additionally, in early May 2021, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers asked the tenants in writing to complete forms to determine their eligibility for relocation assistance benefits. And the EPA is hopeful that tenant relocations um, will have begun um, and proceeded summer and fall of 2021 and be completed by the end of 2021. Okay. Um, that's just the relocation. Yeah. So we're currently in the midst of like the final steps of the cleanup process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, I do not think nowadays is one of these buildings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the mistake of us not knowing what the fuck we were doing um, for a few decades Yikes. in the be- beginning of the 1900s um, when we were disposing of radiation uh toxic waste oh my god and how that has impacted our literal community that we live in and both have lived right next to this hap this this site i'm like genuinely curious how this will impact my long-term health um because i do i lived on that sewer line me and all my besties are gonna get cancer (coughs) um one way Um, or another so A lot of the facts that I just read are directly from the United States Environmental Protection Agency's website um, on their article about the Superfund site, Wolf Alport, Chemical Company, Ridgewood, New York, cleanup activities. Um, I already talked about the New York Times article. Um, I also um, used... um, Ridgewood's radioactive Superfund site worries neighbors by Nathan... Kensinger um, on Curbed uh, New York or ny.curbed.com and um, I didn't really talk that much about these Hirsch brothers but I did read and sort of touch on some of what I read um, on Dr. Alkin Hirsch's um, uh, obituary from that was in the New York Times on November 25th, 1938. <laughs> so, um that was also one of my sources. Hot. Um anyway, moral of the story. Moral of the story. I don't know why we need to I mean, I know we didn't know the actual risks of all of this back then, but like I don't know why we needed to have these chemical testing sites in like highly densely populated yeah. cities. Yeah. Like why is this not just out in the middle of nowhere that's somewhere? A, that's what flyover states are for. That's what Ohio is for. Seriously. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not. Um yeah. Well, I'm I am. I I am. I am. I am. I am. <laughs> but I mean Listen. it's like watch the handmaid's tale. They had the right idea. Where do they put the radioactive colonies? The flyover states. <laughs> like Yeah. Um, put it in Wisconsin for God's sake. No one lives there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people live there. I don't know who. I don't know them. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I cannot. The Dakotas, maybe. We don't need two of them. <laughs> two whole Dakotas? For, for what? what? Uh, for what? I couldn't. Uh, come on. Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. 
is a state. Um, is a place that this could have been in. Well, Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, we might. Yeah. I'm from there. I can say it. I'm Rhode offering Island up Rhode is pretty Island. densely populated. It though. is, but. I'm talking about places with like areas that people are not living in or then new businesses are being like built over yeah. years later. I know once again, I know they didn't know, West but they like kind of did. Yeah, no, they did. Yeah. They did by the fifth. I mean, they literally did by like the late thirties when we were fucking building bomb, like using radiation and war practices. Like, yeah, come on. Um, so just for people's, um, for people who live in New York and are curious what the other um, super fund sites in New York are, they are the Gowanus Canal and um, the Newtown Creek. Okay. Um, they are both also actively. Yeah, I've read about the Newtown Creek before. That's one of like the most, like in the country, one of the most. Yeah, and this radioactive... Ridgewood site is more radioactive than that. That's insane. Yeah, I've. that's crazy. Yeah. And it used to be one of like the most gorgeous parts of Queens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we really fucked up big time. Yeah. We were like, see that gorgeous marsh? What if we destroyed it? Yeah. And make it actively poisonous to be around. And they're building. I read an article about this because they're building like luxury condos on the Newtown Creek. And people are like, for who? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like this, the super fun site by nowadays yeah. is like an up and coming neighborhood Yeah, that they're uh-huh. still like not done cleaning up. Oh and there's God. like all kinds of like big luxury buildings being like, cause that's my old neighborhood. Like yeah. I've saw it all the time. There's like constant like renovated buildings being popped up there, which like, sure, whatever. I mean, that's bad in its own way because of gentrification. But like, if this is about to be in the final stages of the cleanup process and it is going to bring it down to like, quote unquote, regular levels of radiation. Um, it's crazy. Like regular levels. (laughs) I know. Well, I mean, whatever radioactivity and radiation are like part of our world kind of regardless. No, I know that's just nuts. Um, but yeah, the background levels, as they call it, which is just funny. They're like, yeah, so we're all just kind of like, there's just like a little bit of radiation just kind of anywhere <laughs> you are. Just in the background, though, like a white noise machine, <laughs> just humming cancer into our bodies. But whatever. I mean, we do nose drugs. So yeah. what am I? <laughs> yep. And I'm absolutely still going to party hard as hell nowadays. Cause, Same. Um, partially because it's, like the risks incurred with being present there sometimes is different than like living there. Yeah. Um. So I'm not like actually worried about, and I don't think anyone should be worried about attending parties at nowadays or like being in this area generally or even living in that area. Um. It's like really the concentration is like the businesses that are built right above it, which are getting demolished soon, I guess. Yeah. And then hopefully rebuilt. I I would love, I hope there is a plan in place for the people whose lives are in these businesses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's that. <laughs> We're all going to die somehow, baby. Woo-hoo! New York City, the best city in, in the, the world. world. Wouldn't live anywhere else still. Same. So. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> so uh, on that note. Listen, if the people in the movie Halloween don't 
move out of their town despite Michael Myers terrorizing them literally every year. Yeah, for like 25 years. Like, what are we moving for a little radiation? No, you know? Yeah, like, like, why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> if they can do it, we can do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, leave us a, a review. review. Uh, Write in your mistakes at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Test your holes. Test your drugs. And kiss your friends on the, on the mouth. mouth with tongue. With tongue if they want it. And if, if they want, want it. it. Yeah. We love you. We love you.